0: Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmoltz. And uh, of course, starting it on a Labor Day weekend is always risky, so that's why I'm only going to give you the highlights. So I kind of want to uh, give you the taste of the sauce so that you'll want the meat over the next couple of weeks, okay? Um, We do have something special next week, which we'll be following along uh, with uh, what we have here. We actually have another special guest coming, a man that I respect uh, incredibly, and he's a doctor of internal medicine. He's been an intercessor for probably, I would imagine, 30 years plus, leading large groups of intercessory prayer. We're actually having him come here to Valley to help us kind of step up our intercessory prayer in these days, we kind of feel like that as God leads us to the next level of what he has for us as a church, we need to learn how to get into this revolution and and really win in the area of prayer. So next week, we're going to have a special guest that you do not want to miss. But today, I want to start, I want to whet your appetite, because through the rest of the month of September, I want to talk about relationships, okay? Let's talk about them. It's not always the most comfortable thing to talk about because we don't, it, it's, it's kind of like walking out there onto the basketball court and you haven't been playing a long time or, or you're, you're getting involved in something that you haven't done in a long time and you feel the awkwardness of it and people are watching and, and uh, it's one of those things in our life that we just can't escape. Relationships are everywhere and everything we do involves them. Unless, of course, you choose a hermit's life. But most of us haven't. Relationships can fill our lives with so much joy and happiness. There's no doubt about that. There's nothing like hanging out with friends. There's just nothing like that golden moment where you're just like, man, I wish I could make this thing last forever. We've all experienced that from time to time. But also relationships can plague us with years of pain and regret. We know that too, don't we? and the ironic thing is that most humans are born with a sense of fresh perspective you get the little children together in the room in the in the preschool class you get little children together in our nursery they don't have any preconceived ideas they don't they haven't been affected by culture or judgment they haven't been racism hasn't touched them prejudice hasn't filtered into their thinking processes. They get in there and love one another. They talk and they, they start going until one takes the toy from the other and then it's game on. Then relationship challenge begins to grow. Melissa knows this is what she, she does for a living. And of course, as parents, we know it too. And so we, we, we have that fresh perspective, but life, as we all know, begins to throw us some curveballs when it comes to relational challenges and we're left flat-footed, swinging at the air, wondering what happened. We're tr- we, we try to understand, whether it be in a marriage or with, with friends, lifelong friends or coworkers, we, 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 just, we get into a situation with scratching our head, what happened? How did this fall apart? Since the fall of man, which disastrously, dis- disastrously uh, destroyed man's relational functionality, In other words, since the fall, there's something broken in us and our ability to connect with other human beings. I mean, you see it. Before the fall, Cain and Abel are just, they're they're having fun. Hey, check this rock out. Let's see who can throw it as far out into the water as we can. But then Cain takes the rock and hits him on the head with it. Something was broken. And it is still broken. And I don't think there is another one of us in this room who could say, yeah, Pastor David, you're right. Something really broken when it comes to relationships. And so we've limped along ever since, trying to live and to love. However, God has not left us alone and unequipped. God knows exactly what has happened. And by pursuing a relationship with our Heavenly Father, we can grow by embracing the biblical wisdom that God has given us. The Bible is not just a book of principles. It's not a, necessarily a narrative of wonderful Bible stories, but really, the book, if it could, it, I, mean, I know it can be categorized in so many different ways, but I tell you what, one of the ways that in my mind, the Bible can be categorized is a book of relationships. If you wanna know how to be a good human being, the Bible is where you start. Because it gives us a full array <laughs> a full of re- array of, of, of relationships from in, in every, every kind of situation you might find yourself, from kings to paupers, prophets, priests, people who fear God, people who don't fear God. It's all there, every bit of the way in how we can get it. We, we're going to learn from the wise words, the people who have lived deep lives like David King David, his son Solomon, who was considered one of the wisest men on the planet probably ever in the history of the world other than Jesus Christ himself. We'll look at some of what he has to say, what he learned, of course, what Jesus taught, what Peter taught, Paul, and John, the one who is closest to Jesus. So we have some wisdom, and we can embrace that wisdom. It's it's truth that is time-tested. Of course, Jesus again becomes the embodiment of the perfect relational human being, and he pa- passes on the ultimate life changing truth that comes in the form of a question, and that is Am I loving my fellow man? Or do we love ourselves like our little video showed? Well, we do. We're narcissistic at best, and what we need is a Savior. We're broken, and that's where you start. To be a good friend, you need to look at all of the people in your life and say look i am broken i don't know anything about friendship but i'm learning i'm learning over these next several weeks i think as we dip into biblical truth it's going to challenge us it's going to be ch- it's it's <laughs> it's probably as challenging as you know preparing for a marathon but in the soul of how we embrace these things so my question Jesus had a question: That is, are you loving your fellow man? Are you really loving, and do you understand what love is? Because that's the key, ultimately, for human beings to to connect with one another. But my question will be throughout this series: Is what is your next step? What is your next step? Because you know, we're not here to judge anyone. We're not here to you know uh, create a, a, a you know a, a situation where we're we're constantly navel-gazing or gazing at other people's navels and trying to, you know, push each other into that realm. But it's going to get a little uncomfortable. And, 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 you know, so when I ask you what's your next step, I don't want you to be like my friend when he asked his daughter. He said, honey, he sat down with her. (laughs) He said, honey, what are your goals for the next three to five years? She burst into tears. (laughs) She just burst into tears. And, of course, he was shocked. He's like, honey, what's wrong? You know? <laughs> because the concept of challenging her soul and thinking ahead was so overwhelming. She just didn't know where to start. Boy, we can identify sometimes, can't we? Sometimes, you know, when Jesus comes to you and says, what are you going to do? What's your next step in, your, in relationships? We just want to burst into tears. You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know how to deal with people. People, people drive me Crazy. But I need them. I still want to be close to them. Some of us have been trying all of our lives to find that that perfect friendship. And sometimes it eludes us. And there are many of us who have lots of friends. And we see them. The commercials, you ever notice all the commercials to sell products? What are they doing almost all the time? They take that product and put put a bunch of people around it having a great time, don't they? That's what draws us in. Oh, if I buy their product, I get more friends. Oh, I'm heading to Walmart right now. (laughs) I mean, they know what they're doing. Because they know it is a human felt need. We can't ignore that. We need each other, but it's like, I love you, Bob. I hate you, Bob. I mean, it's what it is. So what is your next step? You need to be asking yourself that question today and throughout this series. What is my next step? What do I need to do? So that's going to take some self-evaluation. That's going to take, and and I'm going to help you do that, (laughs) because we're going to look at some truth. And that truth is not always, you know, I mean, it's going to be a little painful, but that's okay. because see, that's what discipleship is about. Can you imagine being around a fire with Jesus every single night? You know, (laughs) all the guys are sitting there going, what's he going to bring up tonight, man? (laughs) But it was good. Because in their hearts, they said, man, you have the words of life. Everything you say changes me. It gives me hope. And that's what truth can do when we have an open heart to embrace it. Because we know we can't change ourselves. So I'm going to just do an overview here. Again, all I'm going to do is I'm kind of setting the stage of what I want to do for the next four weeks. And I hope you stay with me. And I want you to tell your friends, well, your friends you have, but anyway, I'm just kidding. Uh, You're not going to want to miss this because I believe that if we embrace these things, it's gonna enrich our lives because that's what God wants us to have, okay? So the Bible has a lot to say about relationships. It really, really does. And as we dig into it, some of these things are so very practical. They're like like truth. It is as plain as a nose on your face. And you think to yourself, wow, why didn't I know that? Why don't I walk in that more? Well, sometimes that's the way truth is. So very plain and so very simple. But we as adults have complicated it so much. We know that relationships are critical. They're going to give us lasting peace if we embrace them to the point where even physiologically we know that having relationships, the more healthy relationships you have in your life, they're going to affect your your, your body. There's going to be health. We are designed to have close relationships, intimate relationships. The more we have, the healthier healthier we're going to be. In body, but also in mind. I mean, even so far to to say, the, the, the less relationships we have, the more of a sociopath we can become. I hate to say it that way. It's a little kind of out there. But it's true. Find the people that are blowing up stuff, shooting stuff. Not a lot of close relationships. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to embrace. But it's cr- critical. It's essential. So I tell you what, I mean, whether you're working out or whether you're you're, you're a health food nut or you're a person who's, who is into positive thinking or whatever you're into that, you, you know, because so many of us get drawn into that trying to, I want to live to 150 years old. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, heaven is pretty good. But so relationships with who and this we'll talk about this relationship with our Heavenly Father relationship with the Son and relationship with the Holy Spirit now that's interesting because what we find in the Bible is that God revealed himself progressively He opened the door to who he was by revealing his names, and then it all came together in his son. But it didn't stop there. He said, I'm going to, because I'm going away, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit there to be what? A comforter, to be there to speak to you. You see what's going on there? It's all relational. To take it to the ultimate relational connection with our God. God wants to have that intimacy, and he has sent the Holy Spirit to us. So, look, this is what I have found. That we need to have a relationship with all three we really do and it's interesting i won't get into this but we might talk about it more later and that is what i have found what i have observed is when a person segregates their relationship with god by just with the heavenly father or with just the son or with just the holy spirit something of a of a spiritual aloofness can be created in christians You have to have all three. It creates a wonderful balance. It helps us to know how to connect with God. And so, you know, and it's interesting, and I'm not trying for us to just walk around and start, you know, evaluating everyone, but think about it sometime, the people that you know, and even in your own life, you know, who do you have relationship with God? Is there an equal balance in your life? Do you only respond to him as the heavenly father? The one who's, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Or to the son, the, the one who sticks closer than a brother, but there's not a sense of authority, there's not a sense of real submission, there's not a sense of, 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 of a bigger purpose. Are you, do we become the older brother in the prodigal son story? And then there's the Holy Spirit, who there's, then there's intimacy. So I found that even people who only focus on a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, without understanding the son and the father, also can become aloof and that they like the fire, they like, they like the prophetic things, they like the, the, the things that the Holy Spirit can bring to the spirit realm, but we don't really have our feet planted on the ground when it comes to being confronted with truth and developing relationships. So I'll tell you what, it's really, and what I've found is if, if we're lacking any, any one of a relationship in any one of the, the aspects of who God is, it can have a significant impact on our life in how we understand who God is and how we respond to him. So balance is a key there. And of course, with our fellow man. With our fellow man, it's much harder. We'll spend the majority of time talking about that because sin, without question, damages relationships. Wow, do they ever. We come with this sense of real hope and real desire real desire to want to connect to it with, our, with our, our fellow human beings. And that grows and it develops to the point where we want an intimacy with another human being in the form of marriage. And so we have this drive. It's a God-given natural drive. But as we go, what we do is we run into the brokenness of others, and we don't know how to respond to that. Really what it comes down to is our heart. We have this wonderful thing called our heart. Who do we give it to? Because that's how a friendship grows. I have to walk up to Elan and say, "Alan, here's my heart. I'm giving it to you. Now, it's, there's a, there, that's a lot of risk. Because what is he going to do with it? And the Bible teaches us that we're to guard our heart. Because why? Because it is the wellspring of life. What comes and goes out of our heart. Is going to determine our happiness. So, wouldn't it make sense that we need to really be careful about who we're giving our heart to? Oh, yeah. Better be careful. Because the first thing they might do is say, and just crush it. And we've all been there before. So, it's we, got to, we understand that there's a broken thing, and, and, and that's one of the things that we begin to learn in life, and we can become jaded, or we can grow. Most people, we're very, humans are very resilient. We can get, you know, we can pick our heart back up and say, <laughs> okay, <laughs> shake it off, clean it back up, blow on it. <sighs> All right, well, I learned a lesson there, and we drive on, and yet we choose to want to give our heart to the first person who comes along, and we hope that we've grown. Uh, Not a lot of people do. They just keep giving their heart until what's left is is just this flattened, worn-out thing. Does the Bible have a lot to say about that? Absolutely. The Bible's in there in Proverbs 4. That's where we learn to guard our hearts because it is the wellspring of life. Out of it comes joy and peace and hope and and so many things. So we got to learn to keep short accounts in our relationships because when we do, it will assure that lasting peace. Because we learn from Scripture we will reap what we sow. Because I've looked at the perspective of our giving our hearts to other people, but what do we do when people give us their hearts? We need to learn about that. And why would that be so important? I'll tell you why. Because how you treat other people's hearts is how it's going to come back to you. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Yeah, that works for the bad stuff too, my friends. Not just for tithing and a great song on Sunday morning. If you treat other people's hearts with flippancy, if you, if you kick them to the curb, if you stomped on a few, then don't be too surprised, right, when it happens to us. If we're cold and calculating, and, we, and, we, and, and, and a lot of times it's a vicious cycle because a lot of times people get to that place because they've been hurt so many times, and we get to this point where they say, well, I'm never going to let anybody do that to me again. As a matter of fact, I'm going to hurt them first. Whew. And that, that, that's not a fun way to live. There's so much joy that we can have. Learning how to uh, grow in this process is what we're after. What is the next step for you? Where are you? Are you, are you hurting? Are you a person that has experienced a lot of heart-stomping? But maybe, Or maybe you're a person that hasn't and you're just wanting to learn. Maybe you're young and you're wanting to make sure that the relationships you, you do develop are going to be life-giving relationships. And we're going to learn about this. I'm going to show you what I have used for many, many years in how how you determine where I am in a relationship, what are the responsibilities I have for this relationship, what should I be giving, and what should I be holding back. The problem is that is all messed up. And people don't know how or when to really give the intimate part of their lives. And a lot of times we get hurt because we don't understand that. You know, it's like our child who we just bought him a toy. Say, man, I just, here you go, son. And then he turns right around, goes to the playground and gives it to the first kid who comes along. Man, you look like a cool kid here. And you were looking over there going, whoa, hold on. (laughs) I just bought that for you. But that shows you the heart of a child and sometimes we as adults, that we get into a relationship and we just want to, oh, well, here's my heart, here's it all. Not realizing that wasn't really a wise thing to do. Relationships build over time. Trust is developed. And they go through the fire. They go through the flame. They, there are times, the, mo- the best relationships, the deepest and closest friends, and you'll hear, you'll hear this many times, the people that are closest in my life I probably have probably had the most blowouts with. That is so true. And not just in a marriage relationship. Not that we have a lot of blowouts, do we, honey? We're good to go. No. no, no, no. But have you found that to be true? That when you push past the misunderstandings, when you push past and say, you know what, I'm going I'm to fight this out with you. I'm not giving up on us. That hurt my feelings, but you know what? We've got way too much under the water to just walk out on this thing. And I'm not just talking about marriage. I'm talking about friendships. As I said, some of the closest people in my life, I, I have been to that place where I had to take them out to lunch and say, man, you hurt me. You hurt me bad. And then how they respond, because we've grown with it, is to say, oh, my gosh, I, you know, please forgive me. I do forgive you. Let's grow. And then that heart, that friendship grows deeper, stronger, stronger. And you dare somebody to try to break it. You dare somebody to try to break it. Okay, man, you know they said something behind your back. Really, did they again? <laughs> they just did that last week. I'm just joking. But keeping short accounts, that's one of the things, is that in our lives when people do disappoint us, it's not like you want to be standing at their porch every morning, hey, look, I've got a list of things that you've done to break my heart. I just wonder if you've got some time. Can we go over this? No, 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 no. There's also a scripture that says it is to our glory to overlook an offense. And learning how to do that is just as important as it is to know when you're offended and how to forgive. That is true maturity, in my opinion. Is for me to do something that irritates the mess out of Andrea and her just to be able to say, whatever. I love him. He's my buddy. And... That's just the way he is. I hope he changes. Pray that he changes. Remind him that he needs changing. But we don't give up. We keep driving on. And lo and behold, whether because of dementia or real true change, we change. (laughs) So learning how the human heart works is a good start, folks. The Bible teaches us to guard our heart, again, there in Proverbs 4.23. What kinds of relationships are we talking about? We're talking about family. We're talking about friends. We're talking about marriage. We're talking about mentors, including spiritual fathers and mothers. We need them all. We need them all. We need them all. To say, well, I don't need family. Not real smart. You absolutely need them. You were created have family if you're sitting in this room you've had family and maybe they're all gone maybe they've all gone to be with Jesus but maybe you have some children maybe you have some uncles and cousins and and I'd like to tell people you know and 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 this is going to be a soapbox at some point that I will be jumping up on and as we have the church the truth is we have devalued to the church to the point you know Meredith talks about family and that's a value that we have but I tell you what man this is the place where we can really develop relationships that, that, that just shock the world. This is the place where we can really grow and push past the prejudices, where we can really get into each other's stuff because we got a third person and in the, in the, the three-fold cord cannot be broken. It's me, it's you, it's Jesus, And we can be bound together in such a way that, oh my gosh, nothing can break us. So it breaks my heart when I see so many people bail out on it after they've understood it. But I'm telling you, we need spiritual family. Got to have them. Or you're just not going to grow, pure and simple. You want to grow? Well, you go up on a mountain and hang out with Jesus. Hang out with the Holy Spirit. Hang out with the Father. But I'm telling you, there'll be major aspects of who you are that will be underdeveloped without a relationship with human beings in which we live these principles out. I mean, if Jesus was just interested in developing people, he would have just done it one-on-one. But you notice he did it in a group of 12, and he let them work it out among them. He must have sat back and just said, look at these guys. Watch them argue back and forth, fighting over who's the most important. And just sitting back and then just saying, stop, guys. Then bringing truth right into the middle of it. Feeling some humilities, feeling some brokenness. Realizing as they stare at John and Peter, look at each other and say, I'm sorry, man. I shouldn't have said that. Jesus is the one that makes that happen. Got to have him. So Jesus gives us some very basic things we're going to look at. Matthew 5, 18, we're going to look how we can keep those short accounts, how we can restore them. Biblical things that we as Christians are like breathing in and out. And if we don't do them, it is going to, I, I hate to use the word doom, but in many ways, Paul used it. He said, it'll shipwreck your faith. It will absolutely shipwreck your faith. If you're not forgiving others, their sins, as Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer, and if you're not receiving forgiveness from God for the things that we have done, that's breathing in in out, in and out. Gotta have it. Paul said, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And here's a guy that was not always the best at relationships. But he knew the value of it, especially as his life came to a close. Romans, there, Romans 12, 18. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us. In other words, if we're, we're a group of people that are fighting to maintain a relationship, working to maintain a relationship, to not let the sun go down on our wrath, to not let disappointment and expectations and, and, and the, the things that we feel like that we don't come, and we're, we're gonna talk about that. How do we know? How, how do we come and, 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 and come to our brother or our sister and share with them? You know, what you said kind of hurt my feelings. And how do we respond to that? Or are we able to maturely say, you know what, I'm just moving on. That's people. I've done that. You know, I've just finished driving like 18 hours back from Michigan. And what you learn on that many hours on the road is that you learn to just say, well, they cut me off in traffic, but I just cut somebody off back about two hours back. You live and let live. When you realize, I've got weaknesses too, why should I judge my brother when they're a little brusque? They don't have a little time for me. Or they're not exactly where, you know, didn't say exactly what I was hoping they would say when I was talking to them. Or even if you heard them say something not completely nice about you, did you do that too? Perhaps that's the first thing we need to do every single time is to say, man, is this a little payback for stuff I've done? there's bible in that bear with bible teaches us to bear with the failings of the weak and that's important because the truth is everybody is at different levels of spiritual maturity when it comes to relationships isn't that true there may be a few of you maybe a lot more than i realize of people in here you're your relationship experts you got it down. You know how to connect with people. You know how to let people be what they're going to be. And you, you and you never get mad at people. And you've never had a, a, an angry word with people. If that's you here today, God bless you. Maybe I'll have you, you be a guest speaker. I don't know. <laughs> but the truth is, we're all at different levels of growth. And we could be hanging out with the Holy Spirit, but we don't hang out with people so much. And that's the place where... We really need to make it all work. And so sometimes people come along, they're a little aloof. They don't know a lot about relationships. They're learning. They were out there in the world, and they got beat up a lot. They're rejection-prone. All they know is people reject them and crushing their heart. And so they fully expect you to do the same thing when they get into relationship in the church, which is why relationships, you know, when we all we experience out there is, burning buildings, people getting shot. And all we experience out there is hatred and a growing sense of of just humanity getting ready to destroy itself. It's hard to walk into a building like this and think we're going to get anything different. Except we have the Holy Spirit to help us. But it starts with humility and some brokenness. But can I please ask you, maybe I'll even demand of you, don't take that mess and bring it in here. Mm -mm. God will not stand for it because the truth of it is this the fruit of what is going on up there will come to I mean or what is happening up there will come to fruition it will mature it will grow it will rot and it will smell and it's going to hurt a lot of people don't be involved with it Christian. But in here, we got to bear with the failings of the week. If somebody's struggling with that, it's just like, look, look, look. Okay, I understand what's inside you. I, I see the hatred. I see the struggle. I see the battle. I'm patiently going to walk with you through this. That's maturity. We can do this. You know, sometimes we do have to cut people off, and that's, that's, that's the last resort. Sometimes we have to walk away. Sometimes people will not listen. Even if we've brought a brother along to say, hey, look, I'm, I'm trying to get through to you. What you're doing is hurting people. and You bring somebody along, and they confirm that. And sometimes we just have to say, I'm turning you over to God because he's the only one who can get through to you. And when we've moved on to the reproofs of life, we're far advanced in relationship training, my friends. Because usually the first level of dealing with relationships is going to come from people than a conviction by the Holy Spirit. But if we ignore those, then the school of hard knocks comes along. and We know some of those, don't we? Yeah, we do. Experienced it plenty. I've signed up for many classes myself. Obviously the Spirit of Christ is for us to learn to die and let the the Father to defend our cause. And, and, And that's what we need to do. You know, Jesus, was not a snake. He was a worm. When they stepped on him, when you step on a snake, the snake strikes you. You step on a worm, it just squirms and dies. Boy, that doesn't really sound good, does it? Jesus called me to be the worm? Yeah. But see, a lot of times, what, God, what we will learn, what we will learn is that is the fastest way to change a person than to react to them, to fight with them. Nothing happens, nothing good. It's a broken relationship that rarely is restored. It's like family members who never talk. It breaks my heart when I hear of 80 year olds who haven't talked to their brother and sister in 50 years. That's what you call a broken, broken relationship, my friend. Or people who live in these, in our community and for one reason or another, that used to go to churches, broken relationships. I I say that to the point, and and I wrote this down. Often a person's maturity, you'll hear this again, often a person's maturity is measured by the amount of broken relationships one has trailing behind them compared to the list of non-sycophantic friends one might maintain. And what I mean by that is, sometimes we have we 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 got people around us that are just fake friends. There are people who only hang around us because they they only they want something from you. Could be sex. Could be your time. Could be your professionalism. Could be just something that you have, and that's all they're going to hang around you for until you don't give it anymore, and they're like, "Pooh." Well, were they really a friend? No. And that's a sad thing what i'm saying is what you want to do is look at your life how many people are there to just be there they don't want anything from you they just like being with you they like walking in life with you they need you you need them there's a mutual giving there's a building up you laugh at their jokes they laugh at your jokes there's a connection maybe i might be describing something to you that you're yearning for So you're in the right place, my friend. Because God wants to give you those kind of people in your life and there's a way to get them. Folks, don't just build friendships and how much they can do for you because they won't last past the first disappointment. Just won't. You know, there are people that I've known 30, 40 years and the, re- and the relationship has ebbed and it's flowed. There were times when we were really close and then times was just like not so close. And there are seasons for relationships and how we deal with that is really critical too. Are we going to become embittered and punish people? Or are we going to just say, you know what, that's it. That's, I mean, that's fine. We grow, we mature. People's paths and lives begin to separate. And I'm not talking about marriage, by the way. <laughs> hey, honey, we're just, our lives are passing. See you. No, 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 no. So let me ask you today. What is your next step? These are some of the things. I'm just giving you highlights of some of the things I want to talk about over the next several weeks. I want us to look at Bible. What does the Bible have to say about relationships? And when we, when we take the truth and get it inside us, then we have, we have a raw power that comes from God. It's a truth. See, when you don't have truth, We flail in and out of relationships. And and we don't, and we don't grow, and so much about our spiritual maturity is going to come out of those things. Wow. Do they ever? And so what keeps us on track is those biblical truths that we just lay in as foundation stones. They're not just things that we we hang on the wall, little memes on our phone. No, they're foundation stones. They're things we know. They're things that we're, we live. They're things that we quote often. They're the things that we counsel others in. They're the things that we draw from, like, like water every day. And we're going to look at some of those. So I'll finish with that question again. What is your next step? Where are you? Where are you? And, you know, don't let that be an overwhelming thing because God's going to take us right where we are. Isn't that cool? You know, God's not going to take Of course, yeah, you're going to get a lot of stuff. It's going to be somewhat of the fire hose on relationships over the next four weeks. But don't get overwhelmed by that. Don't run. But just take it and just say, okay, Lord, <laughs> I've loaded up the refrigerator of stuff I need. So nobody goes to the refrigerator and eats at all except during the opening football season, but we won't get into that. We shouldn't anyway but we'll get this truth and we'll feed on it. And you need to take notes, you need to write it down, you need to say, Holy Spirit, this one strikes me as being something I need to camp on for a while. And the Holy Spirit will tell you that. If you ask him, Holy Spirit, where do I need to grow? How do I need to grow? He's gonna be right there. You really wanna know? Yes, sir, I want to grow. I wanna know what my next step is. He will absolutely show you. That's his job, amen, amen. Let's stand up this morning.